0: House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. As a pet lover and as a medium myself, I'm incredibly interested in those individuals, those very special people that communicate with animals. And tonight we have um, with us Rob Goutreau, who is an author of a book called Pets and the Afterlife. And the book is about how pets communicate from the other side with us. And I know this is something that's very dear to my heart, and I'm sure dear to many of our listeners' hearts. So welcome, Rob, to the show. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Julie, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: So I've, I've heard of... of um, i suppose pet mediums pet communicators i've worked alongside pet communi- communicators and i've interviewed pet communicators and but as a medium myself i've never communicated with pets and somebody recently said to me well you know you know how it works you know we we kind of look in symbols and but i've never kind of had the confidence to do that and i when I was looking at your um, blog and which amazing blog, I've got to say to anybody who wants to know a little bit more about Rob, go to Ghosts and Spirits Insights we and we'll continue to promote that throughout the show. Um, a fascinating blog, really informative. So when I was reading a little bit about you and reading your your book, Pets in the Afterlife, what? I suppose stuck with me is how it was in your teenage years that you realized that you had a mediumship ability. You were able to communicate with spirit. And I'm just wondering, how did that suddenly switch on for you, Rob?
1: It all actually turned around when my puppy passed in 2005. And he came right through to me in a number of ways. So before that, I I I didn't have the ability or I didn't know I had the ability to communicate with pets.
0: Okay, so but before that, were you communicating with um, kind of human spirit?
1: Yes, um, ever since I was a teenager, uh, I was able to communicate with, with human spirits. And, it changed and how
0: did it switch on? How did it switch on for you? How did you know that's what was happening?
1: Um, it was actually pretty, um, pretty direct because uh, I w- right after my puppy passed, I was actually walking him and he, his leash opened and he was killed by a car in front of me. In 2005. Right. And uh, as soon as I got home, the first thing that hit me was that the song that was playing on a radio that was left on. And it was actually about um, a man that had a, a, a love of, the love of his life for a very short time and was grateful for it. It was a song. I think it was Garth Burke's song, The Dance. And I knew that was a message from Buzz, the dog. Um,
0: so, Buzz just to let the listeners know that may not have seen your book today buzz is a wine was a wymanara wymanara yeah that's it um beautiful dogs (laughs) he was a (laughs) wyman and yeah they're beautiful dogs and um he's actually on the cover of your your book yes and um so passed in 2005 now before that you were you were communicating with um, I suppose human spirit and then suddenly with the passing of buzz you you became aware that you could communicate with pets how did your communication with human spirit first switch on how did you know that's what was happening when you were a teenager
1: well that was actually quite blunt too I think all of my experiences have been pretty blunt in the in the beginning Um, my grandfather was actually the first one to come through to me and he came through to me Six months after he died, when he visibly appeared in full living color, if you will, um, oh. and he scared the life out of me
0: so, I'm sure. yeah, I'm sure
1: so I knew something was wrong, and uh, you know i I thought something was wrong with me, I thought I was hallucinating, but I asked my mom when she came home, and she was not she was not concerned she was she was not even amazed, uh so I realized that my mother had the ability to.
0: Hmm. How interesting, because a lot of people that I speak to, a lot of mediums who we interview will say the same thing. When they actually are switched on, if you like, for, for use of a better phrase, when disability switches on and they then have the ability to communicate that to others, it's almost accepted. They know that that's what it is. And there's very little resistance from family and friends. And it just seems that that happens at the right time for that person.
1: Well, how did that happen with you, Julie?
0: Um, Very similar, actually, but I was a bit older. So I used to have a black cat in my vision when I was growing up. So as a teenager, when we're going through all those hormonal changes and we're starting to find ourselves, um, when I was stressed or anxious, I would see a black cat. And my mum would spend hours looking for this cat. And I would physically feel the cat get up on the bed and kind of move around in circles, trying to get into the right position And I'd be saying, there's a cat, it's there, it's there. And then as I got older, I would see the cat out of my peripheral vision. And if I looked at the cat, it would disappear. So that kind of stopped when I was in my 20s. But then early 30s, I was talking to somebody and I suddenly had this vision of a photo frame and an elderly lady in it. And I I knew I had to talk to this person about this, this lady. Now, I didn't know this person very well, but what then happened was three hours of almost uncontrolled information coming from me, and I ended up in tears. The person ended up in tears, and I went to bed that night, and I woke up, and I knew it was mediumship. I absolutely knew, and I'd always been somebody, Rob, who had been very sceptical. I was known as the Dr. Scully of our paranormal team because I was always the one questioning everything, and suddenly, all of a sudden... I had so much information about people, it was quite frightening. So I believe, truly believe, that that was my time. People knew that I would be accepted and I would be strong enough to navigate those people who didn't accept. And and that's what happened. And, And I am who I am today and I never look back from it and I never would deny the gift that I have. I'm very privileged to have it. So I think that it does happen when we're ready for it.
1: Yes. And what's interesting, too, is that I there are spirits that communicate, have communicated with me from the other side over a long period of time. I've been married for 10 years and my my partner's uh, friend who passed in 96 has come through to me so many times. I actually feel like I know him. Yeah, I, I know his personality. I know his sayings. I know his actions. Um, it's really kind of funny that I, I've never met him in the physical, but I actually know him in spirit.
0: It's a very familiar feeling, isn't it? It's, it's, it's um, quite bizarre, but it's a very familiar feeling. A friend of mine lost their, their baby and that little girl has grown up in spirit and she often will revisit and say something to remind mum that she's about. And I don't see her mum from year to year, but actually we stay in contact through Facebook, social media, and just every now and again our message to say, by the way, she's aware that this has been said, this has happened today, fair play, well done, um, and just give that very slight but very detailed piece of information that she needs to go, do you know what, my little girl is still there and, and, and life is good. Um, so it's very rewarding to have, have that ability, and um, I think we're very, very privileged so, I mean, obviously. You're very humble. You know, you, you say on your blog, you're not a medium who makes appointments. You're not as well developed in your abilities as learned mediums. Yeah, I read, I read that and I was really warmed by it. And then I thought, are we ever a learned medium? And if we call ourselves a learned medium, are we failing ourselves and spirit in some ways? And I thought that was really nice and humbling to read to read that from you.
1: Well, thank you. I, I mean, I, I know that there's certainly a lot more that I I can learn. Um, I'm not one to take time to meditate. <laughs> so, um, I have too many, too many things in my head, I guess. Uh, but,
0: heart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but there are a lot of people like yourself who, who are much more learned in the art of mediumship than I am. Um, so I just I tell people that I get messages when I get them and then I share them with them.
0: I think the the issue is more about we learn in our own ways, and we're giving information in our own in our own time. And I'm a firm believer that, the, that my guides will take me where they need to take me in the timescale they need to take me in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I will I will learn from that experience, and sometimes they will tell me quite clearly, yeah, "I think I know more than I should, than I do." And I think that's a very humbling experience. I think um, I mean I've 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 stood on stage um, over several weeks and been tested in how spirit are going to give me information, especially in my early days. And I remember being in the church and it was very fun. It was quite amusing um, because I stood at the front of the stage and I I had no idea why I was being given the image of a cartoon we have over here called Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh, yeah. um, I had no idea. And then I had another image of Postman Pat, another cartoon we have here. And I kept saying to people, yeah, Postman Pat, You know, somebody must be able to take the reference. Nobody could take the reference. I went into details, nothing. And I thought, this is madness. This is like a very poor comedian on stage being booed off by tomatoes or something. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of almost looked up as if looking up to the gods. I have no idea why I looked up. But I looked up and I said, look, come on, get a grip. This isn't OK. I'm stood here. I'm giving my all. And actually, this isn't fair. And and somebody said um, straight there and then I saw a picture of me opening up what is um, one of our utility providers here, British Gas. And I opened up a British gas bill. So I said, okay, I'm seeing a British gas bill. Who opened a British gas bill this morning? And this gentleman said, oh, that was me. I said, okay, who's Pat? He said, oh, he's my son. He sat here. So we had Post, we had the man and we had Pat. Oh my which gosh. was the direct title of the of the television show. And I was thinking, oh, my word, if this is how it's going to be, if I'm tested in this way every week, I'm just going to be <laughs> done in and I'm not going to be able to survive. And so I think there are so many different ways we, we communicate as mediums. So we're always learning. But the one thing I've never kind of leapt to, never developed the skill in, and I'm not sure why that is. I'm not sure whether that's because I haven't got the skills or whether because I've just not been motivated to do that is pet communication. And yet I think it's, it's, I'm a very much a dog lover. I love, I've got my own dog. Um, so how did you, I mean, it buzz, buzz passed away and you had that, that, um, experience, but how then did you then move that forward in terms of pet communication?
1: Well, he actually showed me a number of ways in which pets can communicate from the other side and, um, being a dog dad, uh, and I work in dog rescue by the way, as well with my partner. Um, we uh Oh I would th- never
0: move the dog on. I'd be hopeless as dog rescue because I'd be keeping them all. I truly yes, we, would be I think you look at the dog different. and you look at their eyes and they are like the total window to everything.
1: Yeah, we've I been appears a couple of times, so
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: So we have three three canine children, but um so we had to think like a dog and uh in order to actually be able to see to recognize the signs that they were giving, and in order to do that, I, I read a couple of really good books. One is by Stanley um, uh, Coren. He's a doctor of veterinary medicine, and he wrote How Dogs Think and the Intelligence of Dogs. And he um, he explained the ways that they think, and there's a lot of different there's a lot of different levels of their intelligence, which is something that I actually explain in the book. Mm, uh,
0: yeah, that's that.
1: No, we 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 think of a dog as just um, as a companion that will do what we say. But anyone that has a dog knows that they have their own personality. They have their own memory. They they are, uh, bark. Their barks are different. They have body language. Um, and and God forbid you disturb their routine, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mine would. Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
1: They will let you know, and and the other thing too is that another level of intelligence is their emotions. They have emotional intelligence, and um, not only can they read our emotions, they know when we're sick, when we're happy, when we're sad, when we're angry, but they yeah. go through the same kinds of emotions. So, so they use those things, and they, and like like spirits of humans, I found that they uh, use different different ways to convey that they're there. Mm. Um, a lot of times I've heard that sound is a very important thing so they'll they may move something you may hear their nails on the floor you can hear a yeah. bark or a Um and they also have the ability to manipulate things in nature or not manipulate but influence like like butterflies and, and birds and so forth to act oddly to give you a message mm. um, so one of my
0: in some ways, that ability is very similar to human spirit or ghosts, isn't it?
1: It is. It's, it's very similar. Um, the only thing that they, they're restricted to is, is language. And mm-hmm. But dogs know a lot of words. As a matter of fact, uh, I think border collies are the most intelligent when it comes to learning words. Some border collies can learn up to 1,000 words, I understand.
0: Yeah, you said that the intelligence is similar to a two to four year old child in your book. And, you know, I think whilst I'd like to think my, you know, I've got a cross um, border collie Labrador and um, deliberately purchased um, the two breeds crossed because of their intelligence or deemed intelligence. um, Because I have a, a son with Asperger's and we decided that we would have her as a disability dog. Well, she's far more intelligent than any disability dog I know, and she's a complete pain in the backside. And when we, when we bought her, she is more hyperactive than my son ever was. So that combination wasn't a winning one in terms of calming uh, my youngster down when he was about 11. Um, now she's, she's um, older and she's a lot calmer, but she's incredibly intelligent, and you can constantly see that emotion in her. And she's constantly recognising when you need her to be vigilant and be with you when you're poorly, for example. Um, and I firmly agree that she would understand that amount of words or, or you know, and certainly have the intelligence of a toddler, if not above.
1: It's it's amazing. And the words that they actually learn are the words that I I actually can hear from them telepathically. Mm. Those are the words that they convey um, oftentimes too. Um, they will show me an image of something that they knew when yeah. they were physical. Um, they'll describe their bed, and, you know, there's all kinds of beds. Um, and they'll describe their favorite toy or their, their favorite place. Um, they'll even give me the name of their favorite person or one of their favorite people. And that's yeah. happened so many times, It just it actually just blows my mind. <laughs>
0: I mean when I'm on stage, I will get a sense of a, an animal with me or a, a dog or a cat sort of in the room, but I, but not in terms of kind of specific messages like like you're describing that must be amazing and I've never really kind of tried I suppose to communicate with my dog spiritually. Do you communicate with animals living as well as those past or is it purely from from the other realm?
1: It's purely from the other side um, okay of course, I can certainly figure out what our dogs want, uh, our living dogs want, uh, just by looking at their behavior, their body language, etc. Um, but it's I can't figure out what other living dogs are trying to get through to me.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: there is one other symbol that, that one other way that they convey their presence that is really amazing to me, and that. That is that they will lead somebody to another pet that looks exactly like them, a doppelganger.
0: Yeah, now I've read this in your book, and this is truly amazing.
1: I've spoken to quite a number of people. Um, I go to pet expos, and I give talks and and promote the book and and try to help comfort people. And One of my favorite experiences happened, I think it was two years ago, or a year and a half ago, I was at a pet expo in uh, New England in Massachusetts, and a woman came up to me, and she was so distraught that her black French bulldog had passed like the year before, and she's never gotten any signs. Mm. She couldn't get over her grief. Yeah. And as she was standing there talking to me at the table that I had, somebody came up with a black French bulldog. Wow. And I took a picture of that dog, and I said, well, here's your first sign. And she was yeah. four. She uh, she just she broke down into tears right there.
0: Wow, that's <laughs> that's really amazing, isn't it? And it's something that's so um, comforting to people because it people describe the loss of a pet very similarly to losing a loved one or you know or a child because you we do we do infantile dogs, don't we?
1: We absolutely do, and I think that the reason that we grieve even more for a pet. Um, often, is because we are solely responsible for their well-being. Yeah. Not, not like a human that can grow up and take care of themselves. Um, and yeah, I, bre- I
0: don't, I don't I think bre- I've got to get up too well with Caesar Milan because I'm a very much a, a, a pampered pooch mother. Um, <laughs> I'm not good at putting the boundaries in place, and I don't ever pretend to be. My dog is quite pampered. Um, Excellent. And I'm sure that the only thing that she really thinks about, to be fair, is where's the sweetie jar, and that's that's my sweet jar, not hers. So I think it's an amazing gift to be able to get those messages. We've all lo- lost pets in the past that we would, you know, that have absolutely torn us apart at the time. Whether that be a hamster for a youngster, or whether that be a, for me, I lost a Great Dane a few years ago who was such a huge part of our, our life physically and and um, emotionally, that once he had gone, that was a huge absence from the home. So in terms of when we're trying to understand where pet, pets fit into the whole, and I'm going to use inverted commas here for listeners, that kind of spiritual realm. Okay. We hear, we hear when we're talking about um paranormal investigations and going out looking for ghost hu- ghost like ghost hunting per se people go and they say sometimes there's residual energy so people who have listened to those very popular tv shows will have heard when we go into this situation there is residual energy and when we go into here there is poltergeist activity now in your book you talk about different ways that um and one of those being that doppelganger experience but other ways as well that that um, spirit animals can come through to us so can you explain to the listeners the difference between a spirit animal and a ghost
1: absolutely Uh, that's actually that was the influence from my first book which is actually called ghosts and spirits insights from a medium where the where the website came from (laughs) yeah um so what i've come to find out is that well we all have energy that runs through our bodies And and by the way, I'm also a meteorologist, so science is really important to me. Um, The law of conservation of energy states that energy can't be destroyed. It can only be transformed. So that energy has to go somewhere. And by by energy, I mean simple things like whenever we have a thought, they're measured as little electrical impulses in our brain. Um, That's energy. Uh, Our blood is pumping through our bodies. That's energy. So we make a conscious choice as an entity to stay here earthbound as a ghost, maybe usually at our favorite place, or we cross over and join the energies of the cosmos, heaven, Valhalla, whatever you want to call the other side. And I call that a spirit. So I differentiate between location.
0: Okay, so you talk about a favourite place and now I'm thinking I need to start working with my dog and developing a different favourite place because her favourite place is to crawl up in bed with me every night. And she becomes (laughs) a a total nuisance. So we need to do some work on that already in preparation. Um, And but, you know, in in fairness, we, we do the same, don't we, when we're working with people, we differentiate between a ghost and a spirit. So what is it, I suppose, within us that we take with us to, to the afterlife whatever that life may be and whatever we believe in, what part of us do we take forward because we leave our body behind so we so the animal is is left here on this plane the actual physical body so what is it that then goes into an afterlife or becomes a ghost
1: well they take their intelligence their certainly their personality and their their knowledge of this life and Anything they've learned in this life, they use to communicate with us from the other side. So it's just like people Not, uh, knowledge, personality, and, uh, and uh, anything they've learned.
0: So, would you say that that's their spirit or their soul?
1: Yeah, you could Yes, absolutely.
0: So either either word would mean the same thing. It's either. about the the nature, the behavior, their personality, their learnings. Um, they would take forward with them
1: yes and sometimes you will find once in a great while you'll find a pet that stays behind as earthbound but typically Mm -hmm. um just to comfort people that are listening our pets usually cross over because our relatives our human relatives from the other side are there waiting for them
0: so it works in the same way as when our our, um, human uh, relatives and friends pass over they have um, their family and friends waiting to help them with that transition It's the same for our pets
1: it is and it's it, uh, our our pets actually will also be waiting for us when it's our time as i saw my uh my dog buzz was waiting for my dad when he crossed over
0: oh wow and how did how did that come to you how did you know
1: oh it was it, that was another uh blunt <laughs> quite experience um it, that happened when, a, after my, my dad passed at the cemetery when he was being uh, interred. Um, it was a short service. And then uh, at, at the end of the service, I saw a light, a bright light to the right-hand side of of, of, the, of the service. And I said that to my sister-in-law, who said, There's, what are you talking about? It was a gray, overcast New England day. Hmm. And I looked over, and there I saw my dad appear, and he started walking into a, a great white light, and wow. in the white light were all my relatives who passed, and my two family dogs, childhood dogs, and my dog, butts, sitting in front.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, that really made me cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Sure, how, and that's just so emotional and so powerful. So when, I have... when I lost my great Dane, they, um, he had a, a spine problem, which is quite common in Danes. And my, I watched my little boy, which he was very much younger at the time and with Asperger's emotionally quite a lot younger than his chronological years sat sobbing his heart out and begging the vet to give him back his life. And he would give him every toy possible if he gave him back his life. And you watch somebody go through that grief and it is so, so painful. And, um, you know, obviously he keeps photos of, of his, his beloved um, pet. He, um, we, we nearly lost our collie recently with a, um, a uterine infection. And you can see the anxiety building in him straight away. And my son is quite perceptive to spirit. He's been on several paranormal investigations and really does communicate well. And um, I'm very careful about that because of his Asperger's. Um, But that. That love we have for a pet, which is totally unconditional, it will continue you know long past that that pet has gone, so in some ways we tend to keep that kind of almost shrine for pets more than we do people. Does that yeah. make sense?
1: It does yes. <laughs>
0: You know, Um, I think we we rationalize with people. We say, oh, yeah, they were lovely. We love them to pieces, but they were grumpy also and so, weren't they? And we start to kind of weigh up all the good and bad in people, whereas with pets, they were just our pet. They were just a part of our family. They were amazing. And we forget some of those other traits.
1: Yeah, I I often joke with people and I say that, um, you know, I've grieved for my dog, Buzz, more than I've grieved for some of my own relatives.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> they become an integral part of who we are because they are so intrinsically aligned to us. I think yes. there's, there's for me, there, there's some sort of belief there and it's not something I've explored, but there is almost a belief there that we, whereas as mediums, we have our ability switched on at the right time for the right reasons. And that reason is probably unbeknown to us, but very much um, known to our spirit guides <laughs> and the powers that be in the same ways we have pets aligned to us and we have companionship and we have love and we have trust. And it's one of those relationships which is built on absolute trust because they are so dependent and they are so loyal and they continue to stand by your side, whatever you do, whatever you throw at them. Absolutely. Yes. You know, very vulnerable relationship. So one of the things you talk about in your book is about, again, how, how pets might make themselves known. You talk about pennies, and this is really fascinating to me because as a medium on Facebook, I'm sure you see the same things. You see lots of pictures of robins. You see lots of pictures of white feathers. Oh, I found a feather. It must mean that Uncle so-and-so is, has made his presence known to me. And we, people make that huge leap because we, we believe Intrinsically, and we're told by mediums out there that these are signs; these are signs from spirit, and and therefore we must accept them to be that way. When actually, we may just have had a feather fall out of our feather duvet, right?
1: <laughs>
0: and and people jump straight away to, oh, it's Uncle Fred, oh, it's Auntie Wilma, whoever that might be. And the same with Robin. So around Christmas time, in the winter months, in the UK. <laughs> Friends flood Facebook with images of the the humble robin because that is a sign of somebody that's passed over. Mm. And you talk about pennies um, and you talk about not just about seeing a penny, but look at the date on the penny. Yes. There is a significance here. It's not a feather. It is not a a bird that just happened to be in the garden. as a coincidence. This is about evidence of a year that is affiliated to that pet. There is significance and evidence base. Tell me about how that came to be, how you knew about that.
1: Well, it started with, um, with people, with my dad. When my dad passed in 2008, and uh, whenever I would talk about him, um, I would either find some kind of change with either the year 2008 on it or uh, his birth year. Which was 1920, uh, mm-hmm. 1928. And it's very unusual to find a penny dated 1928. Yep. Or, um, or 1955, the year that he was married. So, uh, so I started putting that together. And one of the most incredible confirmations of that came when, it, when my dog Sprite passed away. And I mentioned this in the book too. He has his own chapter because he sent me butterflies and he had help with from Spirit, from my dad, and from our friend, uh, my partner's friend, Ed, in the past. Um, I asked my dad and Ed to be at the vet's office when when it was Sprite's time. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I was there, I felt a cold hand on each elbow. And I knew my dad was on my left and Ed was on my right. And I looked down on the floor and there was Buzz. My Mm -hmm. my dog, uh, the Spirit. Um, the next day, um, I was getting out of my car to go get coffee, and I looked down. At, um, before I got out of the car, I said, Dad, Ed, please let me know that Sprite is with you and he's safe. Yeah. So I got out of the car. Uh, picked, uh, I looked down, and there, there was a coin, and I picked it up, and it was dated 2008, the year my dad passed. Wow. Later on that evening, my partner and I were walking our other dogs, and um, my partner leaned over and he said, Oh, look, I found a penny. And he looked at it, and it was dated 1996, the year that Ed passed. Wow. So it always chokes me up to talk about this because it's so powerful.
0: Um Absolutely. And do you know one thing, I'm going to say this, Rob, and, and, I, and I mean it so sincerely, so please take it this way. For all the listeners out there, I'd never heard of pennies. I'd never heard of butterflies. We hear all the usual feathers, etc. And Rob is somebody who has put this out there because this is his experience. This is what he's seeing happening. This is an evidence base. And a lot of mediums, a lot of people just go with the flow. And they allow people to continue to think that every robin they see in the garden is a spirit and every, every feather they see, um, because it's easy done. They've already got a captive audience. And Rob is saying, think about this differently. Think that there are different ways of communicating. This is another way. This is a way that evidence is, dates and, and experiences. So make the link. Don't just go. Don't assume that this, this stuff is happening in front of you and it's real. Question it. Ask for the evidence and the evidence will be that will be there will be supplied to you. Um, you know, amazing, Rob. And actually, I've thought of several times I've never heard of butterflies. And as a medium, I always say that the more people I interview, the more I learn. I'm always learning. I love it. I love hearing from other people. And several times there have been situations in the middle of the winter when suddenly a butterfly will fly out of nowhere in the house. And I think, how did they get there? We're in the middle of minus 10 degrees Celsius and there is a butterfly in my front room. What does that mean? Where did that come from? Um, And I've never really thought of it in that way. And that's just, you know, it's just really now evoked that thought in myself and that kind of curiosity.
1: I will say that it is healthy to be skeptical. And and I totally agree with you. Do not. People should not jump and and try and make a connection. Yeah. Uh, I always like to try and prove things. And certainly the year on coins will, it is one way to figure out who it is that's trying to communicate with you.
0: And probably more so when we've already got that in our minds. So when we've already, we're already grieving, we're already experiencing a loss, to then have the coin with the same date or a date that is significant to that particular event Mm-hmm. that's more evidential. When we're picking up a coin and it's a date and we go, ah, oh, now, 1982, what happened then? That's not evidence. Right. <laughs> so just to make that clear for viewers, uh, for listeners, because I will stand on stage and I will say, look, I'm getting this name. I'm hearing, for argument's sake, say the name David. And somebody will say, um, yeah, well, I've got a Clive. I'm like, no, it's David. Oh, well, I've got a Daniel. I'm hearing David because people are so desperate to feel um, reassured, whether that be from an adult, a human or whether it be a, a pet in spirit. We jump to and we take that information and we kind of make it our own. So when we're seeing a coin, if we're already going through a grieving process, a loss of a pet, and then we see a coin and we pick it up and that date is significant to that particular loss, that's evidence. If we've got to think about the date too long, it is not evidence, guys. It's a coin.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Thanks. It's just, you know, it sounds so mad that we have to clarify it, but actually people will just jump to what they want to hear because they're at that time in their life feeling very vulnerable
1: yes that's so true Um, so
0: tell me a little bit more if you don't mind and and tell me to shush if you do mind rob but about the doppelganger and give me some more examples of, of when that might have happened and so that people can kind of start to relate to that
1: sure um and one of the things i'll preface it by saying that that I've found that spirits usually come around on birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays. Okay. And and the the reason I figured this, I figured that out is because think of think of being alive, and yep. what do you call your relatives? Yeah. Birthdays, anniversaries and holidays. Absolutely. So so spirit wants to reach out to us on the other side to let us know that they're around on those times. Um. So with that said. I will give you a little story about a, a d- doppelganger
0: that yep.
1: my my famous little canine communicator uh, gave to me. Uh, in two thousand and eleven, my partner and I were vacationing in Puerto Rico. We had never been there, and we were walking around Old San Juan, and we came to a, a street that had five five different streets that fed into it. It came to a yep. circle, and we had to pick a place, and we didn't know anything about where where anywhere went. But I kept getting a feeling that I really needed to go down one street. Mm-hmm. Down at the end of the street, and there was a man who was walking a bunch of dogs, and one of them was a Weimaraner that looked like Buzz. And as soon as I saw that dog, I I actually heard Buzz in my head saying, Dad, do you know what today is? and I stopped and I realized that it was the anniversary date of his passing. He had passed it 6 years before.
0: Aww.
1: So he wanted to let me know that he's still around. Um and that that doesn't mean by the way for anybody listening that you have to actually run into an animal, a living breathing animal that looks like your your dog or cat. You could yeah. be going you could be reading your Facebook posts and Suddenly, a picture of your that looks like your dog shows up in an advertisement Yeah that very well could be your dog leading you to see that page at that very moment
0: and there, and am I right in thinking then that there will be a there will be a reason for that, so again, we can look through Facebook and see many pictures, many images, but there will be a significance of it happening there and then. Yes. Um, otherwise we're going to have people rob and all all respect looking through facebook and thinking that it's <laughs> coming out of their ears and actually they're just people putting pictures on
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> so you have to, so for listeners who want to have that communication it is generally speaking a pet will make the communication with you. So if I wanted to make communication with my my deceased pets could I go to a pet communicator for that to happen, or would I have to wait for a pet to communicate with me?
1: It would it would work either way. Um, it, it's all about being aware of the way they communicate, which is why I wrote the book yeah. so that so that people can actually understand the way they they communicate and they can actually see signs by themselves. Yeah. But it's healthy to be very to question.
0: Definitely. So if. If somebody wanted to um, come to you for for that reassurance, because in your book you talk about your hope being to reassure people that pets um, that have passed over continue to be around people. Mm -hmm. So how would you, um, what would a reading be like? How different might it be from a a reading if I was coming to you because my grandfather had passed over, for example?
1: Um, It really wouldn't be very different at all uh, and actually i i don't actually do readings but if people email me and somebody comes through i'll give them what i get
0: <laughs> yeah
1: um and it it's the same for for pet or or person and uh they have to tell me i mean they have to tell me if these things make sense i always tell people that mediumship is a puzzle that they have to help us put together
0: absolutely yeah so people, people do like to, say, to go to a, a reading or um, an audience and just remain silent. And the way I explain it is information comes to me as a thought. And I have to then portray that thought to you. And if I humanize that thought, if I try and rationalize it in any way, the thought then becomes muddled. Mm-hmm. And it won't make sense. So I have to check to make sure I'm giving that in its purest form all the time to make sure that somebody understands that that message is for them and what it means to them. And as soon as I start to then it start to not make sense, I have to question my own interpretation of it.
1: And it's really difficult to not put our own interpretation of the message on there.
0: Yeah, it's really hard.
1: It yes. is. Really <laughs> Speaking of messages, there is one thing that I wanted to address that I get asked a lot, and that is, do pets can pets come back and reincarnate in the same lifetime as as a new pet?
0: Wow, I've never even thought of that. Go on.
1: And what I've come to find out, actually, one of the very first messages I got from a pet that was not Buzz, that was a Chihuahua that passed, um, they do not reincarnate while we're still alive, all of our contemporaries typically have to pass before anybody reincarnates. That's my understanding. Um, But what they do do is they come back in spirit and they actually teach the new pet the same habits that they had when they were alive. And many times I've talked to to a lot of pet parents who said, My new dog that I adopted after my my previous dog passed is showing the same exact weird habits that my old, old dog had. I don't understand it. Is this reincarnated? And I said, no, your old dog spirit is guiding your new dog and teaching them to do the same exact thing.
0: Oh, that's really comforting, isn't it? And I don't really know what makes it so comforting, but I think it's about you remember a pet as a whole. So to think of them reincarnated and, and, and looking different in front of you may be more difficult. But knowing that your, your old pet is walking alongside your existing new pet and helping them to develop in the way that you would, I suppose, be so compatible together, yes. that's really heartwarming, isn't it?
1: it yes, it, it's pretty amazing. And I, I can't tell you the number of people who have told me that that is ex- exactly what happened with their new pet. They show this, whether it be cats or dogs, it doesn't make any difference.
0: And that's a much nicer position. I mean, and I know I'm saying this very tongue in cheek, but a much nicer position than us. People say, what would you like to be reincarnated as? Well, I wouldn't want to be a tree. I wouldn't want to be this. Imagine being a a dog and then being reincarnated as something like a fish. You would be mortified, wouldn't you? Yeah. Come back alongside and kind of support the development of another dog. It's just lovely.
1: Well, we all know a couple of people that would probably be better off being reincarnated as a tree, I
0: guess. (laughs) I think you're being very kind with the tree, but um, still. Well, this has been a fascinating interview and um, there is so much more I I probably could ask. And um, as a dog lover, I mean, I've had many, many pets, but as Mm -hmm. as a dog lover and somebody who has lost Um, dogs and knowing how much of a family member my current dog is. um, You know, the thought of being able to communicate and understanding the signs and what she may do when she comes back to tell me that she's around me is so comforting, Rob. And what I really like about you, I'm going to be I'm going to be very honest with you. What I really like about you is and all the listeners need to hear this is this book is a really easy read comfortable book that is like being sat in a room with Rob having a conversation it is that easy read and there is no jargon there is no in-depth explanation about what different planes are it just says do you know what we have an earth plane we have these other planes they can be called different things and sometimes they're there and sometimes they're here and that's dependent on these particular set of circumstances so it's that easy a read i would advise everybody to grab this book so where can we get it from rob
1: I, it's on amazon.com and you can get it as a kindle uh, an ebook or a paperback
0: fantastic and and i think you know i really would suggest if you if you're a pet lover and you're interested in any spiritual aspects of mediumship, whether that be reincarnation, mediumship or just even kind of dog behaviours. Go and grab this book because it's really insightful. And when you start to read about the intelligence and the emotional intelligence of dogs, it's fascinating. Where can people get a hold of you, Rob, if they've got questions?
1: Well, they can find me on Facebook um, and they can also find me. You mentioned the blog in the beginning of the show, yeah. which Ghosts and Spirits Um I, I'm also on Facebook. You, I'll just look up Rob Gutro G-U-T-R-O, Author Medium. Um, and you can find me. I'm also on Twitter under, I think it's Ghost Medium Book. So everything you think about ghosts are one, <laughs> one Twitter. Um, and, um I, I I have to tell you that I've had so many experiences with with pet parents since I published this book that mm. I just finished writing Pets in the Afterlife Two. Wow! And that's going to be coming out uh, probably in February or or March.
0: So um, how does this take things to another level? How does how does the second book?
1: The second book provides uh, a couple of different things. It it gives you a general overview of how pets communicate, just like this one does. But it also, uh, I also share stories that um, of my communications with pets that have given me tremendous detail, um, including one that gave me names, pictures, described the uh, environment, etc., etc. et cetera. Et cetera. Um, and the, the third part of the book includes stories from others with pictures of their dogs and cats and how they communicated to these, to, to average people so that it's proof that anybody can get messages from from their pets
0: and will you come back on the show rob when your book's released and we can go through that in a little bit more detail
1: oh gosh i would love to this has been so much fun thank you
0: that'd be that'd be fabulous okay so just one other thing i want to talk about is you very very briefly is um you mentioned being a dog rescue volunteer yes is there anything you want to say about that so that people so it raises awareness
1: i would love to um adopting a dog is a is a lifetime commitment it is the same as as bringing a human child into the world they rely solely on us for their their care and they give us nothing but unconditional love and they won't talk back to you when they're a teenager either (laughs) um one thing i urge people to do is do not give a pet as a gift unless you clear it with a person because it's yeah. a tremendous responsibility. And working in rescue, usually after Christmas, all the rescues shelter in a with pets. Mm.
0: I can't. I mean, people say I mean, there's lots of different rescue centers in the UK, and the RSPCA being one of them. I can't go because I would come back with dogs galore. Um, because you just feel like you would want to home every one of them. And um, I work in children's services here in the UK. We have many, many children in care without parents or certainly without parents, maybe that are able to care full time consistently for them. Mm-hmm. And I would still struggle more with a dog. <laughs> that sounds terrible, maybe as a social worker, but I I think a dog is so vulnerable and they never grow out of that vulnerability. Absolutely. Uh, whereas you can teach a, a child to become a young person, to become resilient, to, to develop independence. You, you don't get that with, with a dog. Um, so I absolutely would um, you know, heartily agree with your comments. You know, do not give dogs as gifts or any pet unless you've cleared it. Do not think of a dog as being a temporary measure, something to get excited about and only for that to wane. That dog has made a commitment to you. They are a family member. They love you. They respect you. They rely on you. They, they do what you ask them to do. They care for you. So don't look at that lightly. Um, your experiences matter.
1: And, and if I, I may add, the one thing that I always like to tell people whenever I give a talk is I tell them the difference between a dog or a cat and a human child is that uh, that although we teach them Things. We take them to the doctor. We're happy when they play together. Um, they they learn behaviors from us and schedules. The only difference between the two is that they don't grow up and marry someone you don't like and move out of the house.
0: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, saying that, nor's my son. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, when we're trying to weigh it all up, you think I'll go with the dog? <laughs> <laughs> as you rightly said doesn't talk back doesn't make me late for work in the morning or any of those things so so Rob we've spoken about so many things in terms of how pets communicate with us you know I I'm absolutely I adore the whole penny idea and that evidence but let's just say for example I lost my beloved pet in the next couple of weeks and I was so devastated as you know people are when they lose their pets how do I make that first contact how do I think about or entice them to make the contact with me, what do I say?
1: Well, Julie, grief acts as a block, so it's easier when we're basically sleeping to get a message. And to do that, people can actually ask their pet to come into their dreams. That's when our logical mind is asleep, and we don't just discount things that, that we see. So ask your pet to come into your dreams at night before you go to sleep, and over time, they will.
0: And you have to have a real innate trust that they will do that, don't you? It's quite hard for us because as a human, we're not used to asking for something to happen that we cannot um, see in our awake state. So when I first, uh, my mediumship first switched on, somebody said to me, sit in a room and just ask your spirit guide to make contact with you and tell you his name. Now I was thinking, this is crazy. People are going to think I'm absolutely, I've lost the plot. (laughs) Because that's not what we do. We don't. We we don't then trust what comes into our mind because we're constantly thinking about it. But over a few days, I, I kept asking in my in my mind, and then I just suddenly knew. So it makes absolute sense, doesn't it? That when we're relaxed, when we're not putting that human. Um, this is what, I suppose that barrier, we're constantly vetting the information and trying to work out what it needs. When we, when we, our barriers come down and we're asleep and we're relaxed, it makes absolute sense that people will be able to communicate with us better.
1: Yes, and that goes for, for humans too, humans in spirit as well as pets. So any spirit.
0: Amazing. Okay, so guys, if you're really struggling and you're feeling that loss, just ask that pet to come through to you during the evening, during the night, when you're relaxed, when you're settling down to sleep, when you're sleeping, when you're dreaming, and they'll come to you in their dream, in your dreams. Um, and just don't discount it. Make sense of it. Don't discount it straight away. Really think about what that's just meant. Rob, it's been an absolute pleasure. I wish you all the success with your books and certainly your second book when that comes out. And I, I truly hope that you um, you know you come back on the show and we can explore kind of the next level I suppose in in terms of the book
1: it would be my pleasure thank you
0: thank you thank you for sharing all of your experiences with us and um, your love of pets because it really comes through and it's very humbling so thank you thank you show is over for now was it as good for you as it was for me well good night This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. I'll be back.